Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. I wrote the new three R's in education, respect, responsibility, and relationships, 15 years ago. At the time, it was difficult for teachers, parents, and administrators to buy into this philosophy. With the events over the past many years, I believe that this book has more meaning now than ever. I'll be sharing chapters of this book during the next 10 episodes of Anti-Bullying 101 with commentary and ask that you take a good hard look at the state of society, education, and our culture, and consider what you hear, and use the philosophy to facilitate change. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. My name's Jim Burns, and as I said in our intro, we are covering chapters of the new three R's. I call this series The New Three R's Revisited, and we are on chapter seven, and I've broken this chapter up into two parts. One, I dealt with relationships and with choices. And if you have to, go back and take a listen to Chapter 7, Part 1. This is going to be Part 2 now. In Part 1, we discussed how you can build stronger relationships with your students. I used the phrase, the bricks in the wall, which are nothing more than... uh, ways that students, this is their protective mechanism for dealing with stress. And when individuals cause stress for a student or an individual can cause stress for an adult, there is a mechanism that we have and it's fight or flight and we're going to downshift and we're going to go into what's called our brain stem And we're either going to have a big blowout with someone or if it's a kid with the teacher or 
the the kid will put his head down on the desk or if it's an adult they'll just play avoidance and won't want to talk to anyone especially the person that caused them stress in this episode we are going to be talking about how we can teach respect and how we can encourage responsibility because this is this is critical for us as teachers and as parents to be able to do. Respect is something that's taught, and truly the way you can do it is with efficient consequences that get the job done and make the child believe that disrespect is not going to be tolerated. But what we're going to talk about here is more things that are preemptive, proactive. These are things that can help prevent disrespect and build a more positive relationship between you and that child. So let's take a look at a few of them. One of the ways you can build respect is you can begin a praise day. And you could have all the students write down something they like about another person in the class. It could very easily start with the nicest thing about you is, and have the students finish the paragraph. This encourages respect among students and makes it the norm in your classroom. Understand something. When the norm is in, when there's a norm in place, you don't need a rule. We have been functioning with something that I call the new norm over the course of the last 15 to 20 years. Meaning, okay, it's become normal for kids to be rude, discourteous, um, uncooperative. It's normal for power struggles to exist. And we have been, over the course of many years, put in a position where we end up tolerating it. And that's not what we want. We don't want that to be the norm. We want to we want to make sure that we have when we have kids following the rules. When you have a good norm in place, you don't need rules. Now, once students get gets their turn at this every day, and of course the teacher becomes quality control and they filter out any negative comments. You know, one student a day leaves with a folder of nice comments made about them. Now, you don't have to do this every day, and I realize that there's time constraints. And the idea is, is to make sure that you cover the entire class over a certain period of time. Teachers should use praise as motivation, but remember to praise character, not achievement. Character like effort and um, the, uh, you know, stick-to-itiveness, uh, the idea that you can, uh, you know, start a job without being told. You, you, you are, have initiative, you know, things like that. You want to develop those in your students. It's not the achievement. One kid could get an A on a test, never even crack a book. I've shared this. Another student could work his heart out and get a C. I mean, the kid that worked his heart out is the kid that I'm interested in at this point. Keep promises. 
Kids will wrap their life around a promise that you make them. Make them sparingly and carefully and consider every variable. I know that I had said to a student one time that I was going to go to one of his football games. Just the idea that I said I was going to go, in his mind, it was a promise. I almost forgot, and I was lucky that I remembered. The idea here is, is to make sure, okay, that what you say, you stick with. And don't use the word maybe, because maybe to a kid means yes, and to you it may mean no. Be sincere and honest, and believe me, students can pick up on a phony a a mile away. Be sincere with your concerns about student abilities. Work with students. Be honest when a kid asks you how he's doing. If he's not doing well, make sure that you communicate that. Does us no good to inflate a grade or inflate the um, uh, the uh, ability of a student in their head when in reality they're not doing that well. Here's here's a big one just for teachers in general in with each other. Say hello. Most times teachers can walk right by other teachers in the hall and never say hello to them. Make sure that you say hello to people in your classroom. Say hello the kids in your classroom. Say hello to other teachers. Say hello to a parent that's in sitting in the main office because you never know when you're going to have that that parent's kid in your class. And now you've already gotten now you've already gotten a jump on it where you've you've already begun to build that relationship. Call by name, no nicknames or derogatory remarks. If you have any question about this, ask yourself on the show, leave it to Beaver, what his teacher called him. He didn't, she didn't call him Beaver. She called him Theodore, which was his actual name. Don't fall into the trap of being stuck, you know, by... Uh, in, uh, Lowering the bar and leveling the ground and calling a kid what his friends call him because guess what? He may not like it. Affection. Now, we have to use our judgment here and by affection and touching, what I'm talking about here is a high five, a pat on the back, that type thing. You know, there are things that we can do very innocently that can get us in trouble. But all we want to do is make a kid aware. Yeah, man, you got it. You give him a you give him a high five. You make him aware that he did a good job or her aware. You know, girls have a tendency to like to hug a little bit more. Okay? If you're uncomfortable with that, make sure you extend your hand and shake hands with any person that you feel uncomfortable being hugged by. Listening. There's five types of listening. Ignoring, pretend listening, selective listening, attentive listening, and finally empathic listening. We all want, and I cover these in greater detail, we all want to be empathic listeners. 
This is when we listen with our body posture, our eyes, and we can reflect back content and feeling. We don't have to offer advice, but rather use listening as a means of strengthening the relationship. And we certainly want to avoid reading our own autobiography into the conversation. Remember, folks, most people listen to respond. They don't want to listen to really hear what the other person is saying. What they're looking for is a hook, something that they can hook their wagon to. And they can talk about themselves. Most people would rather talk about themselves than to listen to another person talk. So they'll always look for a way to try and and begin uh, to change the conversation to speak about themselves. Listen and really try to develop the ability to be empathic and where you just sit and offer no advice and help that student sort out his feelings. Two, three, four, or five by ten. Every day for ten days straight, have a two or three minute conversation with one of your students that you would, that maybe you'd have this conversation with a friend. Have several of these going on every day. And around the eighth day, the students will look to you for that conversation and develop a greater sense for you as a person. And I got that tip from Dr. Alan Mendler. Uh, He is the writer, the author of Discipline with Dignity, tremendous book. If, in fact, you have a chance, go on to Amazon and type in Dr. Alan Mendler, M-E-N-D-L-E-R. Little courtesies. The little things are the big things. Interrupting a person, interrupting a kid, cutting someone off, you know, in a, in a conversation. And you have to model what you want from your students. So be courteous, kind, and considerate during conversations with your students. And recognize their efforts. You know, when a student does his or her best, focus on what's right rather than what's wrong and be positive and value the differing abilities of all your students. If you could pull those off, you then will have a a, a leg up in making sure that your kids are respectful because you're going to be the best model they could ever have. Now, how do we encourage responsibility? Number one, be proactive, not reactive. You've got to understand your values and your expectations, and you have to be ready to communicate them to your students because too often we discipline kids because we believe they were non-compliant when in fact they didn't understand what your expectations were. So proactively teach students the behaviors you expect in your classroom. Awareness. Try to get the students to focus on their own behavior and how it affects others. Never ask, why did you do that? Always ask, what did you do? Too often when a student is asked why they did something, it gives them an opportunity to alibi their actions and use circumstances or another person as a reason for their irresponsibility.
balance rules and regulations with compassion and understanding. If you want to influence the choices that students make, it can be accomplished when you balance rules and regulations and compassion and understanding. You know, too often teachers believe that giving the students a good talking to takes the place of a meaningful consequence. This good talking to needs to take place after the consequences have been imposed. This way, the student at that point will be given instructions on how to be more responsible and assume nothing, teach everything. Teach everything that you want your students to know. When a, when a teacher gives instructions, they should never assume that all students heard the instructions and more importantly that the students understood the Uh, the instructions. Teach and reteach procedures, behaviors, and courtesies that we want students to exhibit in our classroom. And with individual students, which I think you can do, you can develop a plan that encourages responsibility. Present the problem to the student and ask him or her, what are we going to do about it? Put some of the onus of the, the uh, child's behavior and their, um, their uh, ability to stop it on them. Have them do it. Make them aware. If they only do it when a consequence is imposed, they fear the consequence. If they do it because they know that it's the right thing to do, that's what you want. Now, the next piece that I'm going to talk about here in terms of really helping kids understand respect and responsibility is this. We as adults, and I've shared this, uh, and this also deals with respect. We've shared this many times. We've shared it. But I'm going to share it again here. There's a three-step process for dealing with behavior. Number one, you have to give instructions. Students have to receive instructions in terms of what's expected of them. And there is tons of things that kids have to do in a classroom every single day. One might be just coming into the room. How do you come into the room? How do you leave the room? Those are things that kids have to know. But for some reason, we think that they know it. Like I said, assume nothing, teach everything. So you want to begin everything with instruction on everything. How do you go over to a bookshelf and get books? When can you get out of your seat? What if, what if I have a question? What does the heading look like on my paper? Do you have an expectation for penmanship and neatness? 
Do you have a, 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 a expectation for punctuality? All of these things are important, but they have to be taught. So you offer instruction to your students. And for, any, for anything that they don't do, you have to have an appropriate consequence that coincides with the behavior. But the first thing you have to do is figure out if the student didn't understand or if they were non-compliant. So how do you do this? Number one, you offer instructions. Number two, you offer a warning. And I mean one warning. You offer the warning. And with the warning, you clarify your instructions. Meaning, you make the students un- the student or the students understand exactly what you meant. Maybe they didn't get it, so you go through the clarification process. Once it's clarified, you then can say to that student, "All right, I gave you the instructions. Here's your warning. If you continue to do this." you will be exposed to a consequence. And you may not even know what the consequence is at this point. Now, if the student continues with the behavior, doesn't follow your rules and procedures, you can assume one thing, if they don't do it after the warning, that the child is willfully disobedient. That's what you'll discover. They are willfully disobedient because you went through the process of trying to be sure that they understood everything. So there you have it, the instruction, warning, and correction method. You want to build respect and responsibility. Communication is the key. You have to be sure that everyone understands what your expectations are. And if they do, and you're not wishy-washy, and you can impose the correct consequences, along with your praise and your, the ability to recognize effort and having great conversations with kids that maybe you're not too crazy about, combine all of that combine all of that, your classroom will be respectful, it will be responsible, and your students will get along with each other because they will feel safe, they will believe in you, and they'll believe in the fact that you're there for them and you're trying to direct them and guide them and make them more responsible and respectful adults. Chapter 7, Part 2. There you have it. Teaching respect, encouraging responsibility, how to make sure kids are compliant. My name is Jim Burns. You're listening to Anti-Bullying 101. I'm going to have the new three R's posted once again in this episode description. And most of the episode descriptions have been the same, just making you aware of that. But there's different chapters that are covered. This will be chapter seven, part two. Then we're gonna we have three chapters to go, eight, nine, and ten. 
We are going to be doing this podcast every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, a new podcast will come out dealing with anti-bullying. Right now, we've got three chapters to go in the new three R's. Revisit it. You get to the episode description. You want to buy the book, click on the link. It'll take you to the store where you can buy the book. My name is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101. It's a little cloudy here in New Jersey, but it's still a great day. We're into February, and we haven't even had any snow yet here in southern Jersey, which is pretty good, but the weather doesn't matter. The weather doesn't matter. You know why? Because in my estimation, we should all carry our own weather around with us. Thanks for listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Have a great day, everybody.